going on everybody? This is Micah being a better me every day. Thanks for tuning in to the B-A-B-M-E podcast. And I have a special guest with me. So here's the thing. So everyone knows that I've been doing an I Am series. And it's I Am uh, me just going out and speaking to certain people who are doing amazing things and really trying to become better. So I, so this series is going to be I Am an Educator. And here with me is Mrs. Jennifer Newman. She is amazing. Literally, she is the head of school over Oakland Early College. It's a unique school where Oakland County High schoolers can earn a high school diploma and an associate's degree or just 60 credits towards their bachelor's degree. And guess what, guys? It's free. Just don't uh, fail a college class. But (laughs) it's literally amazing and it's a great program. I actually was able to graduate from it. So it honors me that I'm actually able to speak with her right now. So Mrs. Jennifer Newman, thank you for being a part of it. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful day in Michigan, (laughs) which uh, after all the rain that we got, (laughs) we can definitely use this sun. But uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, Thank you again for um, just being a part of it. And what I wanted just the people in the podcast world to really know about is a little bit more about you before we kind of get into some of the topics of the education. Okay. Uh, What's just some of your history on your education background and what made you choose this career path? Okay. So I grew up in Michigan. I grew up in Genesee County, just outside of Flint, Michigan. I graduated from Kersley High School, went to Michigan State University, and I majored in mathematics. So I actually have a pure mathematics bachelor's of science, Mm -hmm. Um, but I also really liked musical theater, and it's a little bit tricky to be a mathematician and do theater. So the perfect way to marry those two is to go into education. Hmm. So I have a bachelor's of science in mathematics, but I also have an education degree that allows me to teach at the middle school or high school level mathematics and theater. So from there, I got married and I moved to Savannah, Georgia, and I taught math and theater for three years. And then my husband finished his tour of duty, basically, his years of service, and we moved back to Michigan. And I started teaching high school at West Winfield High School. And I always loved the classroom, but I always liked doing projects that were bigger than the classroom that had greater impact because it impacted more students. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I launched into my admin career. And along the way, I picked up a curriculum master's and an ed specialist, which is basically a leadership degree that's the first two years of your PhD, but then you kind of stop for a minute. (laughs) And so I became an assistant principal in a middle school for a year, and then this position opened up, and it's actually the perfect fit for my personality and the perfect fit for how I view education. It's a very nonconformist um everybody is treated as an individual way to do school and so yeah. i'm very pleased to be here and then <laughs> i'm launching my 8th year at Oakland Early College yay now to kind of go back how did you find out about Oakland Early College like you say you were in the West Bloomfield area. Mm-hmm. So what, like, what kind of went across your radar? Like, on how did you just understand? How did you say, huh? What is, What is this Oakland Early College? So to be perfectly candid, Gary Weiserman, who is the founding father, who is amazing. <laughs> as you shout know, out! To, right? Shout out to Mr. Weiserman. Um, <laughs> actually recruited me for the position. So I did not know a lot about early colleges. When Gary founded this school, 
there were only two other early colleges in the state of Michigan. And so he's one of those creative, we'll figure it out later, this is a good idea, all the pieces <laughs> will fall into place, and he's kind of magical, so they always do. So he created the school, and he had talked about it, and I had worked with him when he taught at West Bloomfield High School. And so over the years, he had been telling me about this amazing school, and then when he knew he was leaving, he started to invite me over, invite me over. And he was right. It's absolutely the perfect fit. And there's a lot of um, overlap in our passions of what we feel is important. And so it was a great honor to take over for him when he left and went to do other things. That is beautiful. So um, I, I kind of did give a synopsis of what Oakland Early College is. But kind of since you're the head of the school, kind of give a synopsis of your view of Oakland Early College, uh, what it's about. How, how do you even get in? Like, what is it? So Oakland Early College is a public school, but it's going to feel more like an independent or a private to a lot of families that have had that experience. Okay. We pull students from all over Oakland County. Um, Private school students find us, homeschool students find us, and then traditional public school students find us as well. There is an application process to enter the school that begins with a one-hour family meeting with me, um, a parent, and the student. And we talk about what the school is, what the school isn't. Mm -hmm. If the student is still interested in applying after that meeting, then they generally come on campus and they shadow for a day. So they go to school for a day and actually experience OEC. I remember that. I I think it's funny. I think my shadow day was when, and this was way back, guys. I didn't just graduate, okay? I'm I'm of age. But <laughs> way back when I shadowed, I think it was on Spirit Week. Oh. And, and, when I, and it was just the most awkward day to shadow as well because everybody was dressed as like animals or something around there. And I was just like, oh, that's a, that's a bumblebee right there. Wow, this school is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So then after they had that fabulous experience like you did, (laughs) um, students then actually print. There's an application that they can print. There are essays they have to write, letters of recommendation they have to gather. We look at discipline records. We look at attendance records and academic records. But then the student actually interviews. And the interview panel, I'm on it, of course. My counselor and then some students sit on the panel. And I make decisions, but students are actually very valuable. Their voice is really important to the school because they're living the experience. And so especially in the interview process, they pick up on things that maybe my lens would not. And they ask nice probing questions. And it also gives the student one more opportunity to see the school in action because my relationships with students are very different than maybe a traditional principal because my school is so small. Mm. I'm very connected to all of my families and all of my students. And that's one more opportunity, I think, for the student to see that and uh, to get to know some students. But then I make a decision and the student is either admitted or they are not. Beautiful. So anyone who's listening, you know now how to set up. Uh, We'll kind of give her a couple plugs so to make sure at the end you can get more of the contact. But what is your favorite thing about Oakland Early College? Since you just did a nice explanation, what's like your most favorite thing? So my favorite thing about the school is that we don't do things just because that's the way they've always been done. And I also like the fact that it's very customized. So there are 180 students approximately. 
and every student is on their own educational path. So some students mm-hmm. are going into the business world. Some students are going pre-med. Mm-hmm. Some students want to, you know, go and audition on Broadway. And so wherever a student is at in their educational career, we can pick up with that student, help them sharpen their skill set at the high school level, but more importantly at the college level. Okay. And then students become not only, you know, earn their associate or their high school diploma, but the goal of earning an associate degree means that they have to learn how to be an actual college student, which is very different than a high school student, but it's very customized. Um, we only have nice students, I mean people go to school someplace else. We don't have issues with bullying. We don't have social drama because students find us and want this experience. So it just changes the tone. Everything happens on the campus. And as a theater person, the power of place or your set is very yeah. important and it changes behavior and it changes mindset. And so my favorite thing about the school Definitely the students and how they're able to relate to each other. Um, As a school, we believe education is obviously important because we're a school, but we also have this broader scope of like good global citizenship. And so our three pillars are college, culture, and community. College, we believe many high school students could access college and be successful sooner than traditional models allow. So we put high school students in college early, hence the title Early College. This idea of community, we believe very strongly that good global students love diversity, and we are an extremely diverse school when it comes to racial diversity, religious diversity, um, family dynamic diversity, where students live diversity. And then we also believe that giving back to the community is a pillar of the school, but should be a pillar of our society. We want givers, not takers. And so we do a lot, a lot, a lot of community service. And so our students are givers. They embrace diversity and they're highly educated. What more could you want? (laughs) Such an amazing uh, just description on just all the things that really is to love about Oakland Early College. And some of the things that you were saying really gets me into some of the topics that I was actually able to discuss with other people about. Uh, So around, you know, I think a lot of the millennial generation and probably Gen Z, I think that's before us or something. (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, No disrespect to that generation. You're doing okay. Uh, But I think now we've entered into this spectrum of recognizing what school was, first of all, originally created for way back when, and now what we're trying to have it become now, what we're trying to actually implement to help our lives actually progress further on and figuring out how we want to even work it. Because a lot of public schools that I, I talk to so many people that they're just literally school bells, memorization, and forget just so you can get to college, Mm -hmm. just so you can have some type of freedom. And then when you get that freedom, you're still technically supposed to be learning. We don't care about that. (laughs) (laughs) We're just happy about freedom. So I really wanted to talk with you about some of those little things that I was actually able to ask other people just who what would you want or what are some of the issues that they would think is just demanding in our public schools or just in our schools. And one of the topics was just 
teaching students that learn differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so the person who asked this uh, actually wrote a book, and it's called The Scholar's Key. It's literally amazing. So shout out to you, Donovan. But um, he asked the question of how about the one-size-fits-all curriculum? Mm-hmm. So he asked about just there's lack of personalized learning. And what I wanted to know is what is Oakland Early College really doing about, you know, just helping personalized learning people learn differently so like what are the ways that i don't know the teachers try and go about teaching so i think one of the keys to personalized learning is actually knowing your students and so that comes through relationships and i think in very large comprehensive high schools it can be challenging to get to know all 36 students in each one of your six classes let's say that you're teaching And so for us, we're very fortunate because I have six amazing teachers, but the students at the school see those six teachers every year for different classes. So the teachers really get to know them. If we have a concern about something with a student, we can talk about it as a staff and we can respond quicker than you maybe can in a traditional setting. And like any other public school and private school for that matter, we do have students that are on 504 plans or IEPs, which are individual education plans because of something that's getting in the way of them learning, and I'm using air quotes, in the traditional sense. (laughs) So for example, if a student has ADHD or is dyslexic or any of those pieces, or maybe there's a medical condition that requires you you to be able to stand or take breaks as needed, we're able to accommodate that very easily. More importantly, we're able, in my opinion, able to help that student figure out how they're going to attack college with those same pieces in place. Mm -hmm. So where do you go when you're on a college campus to show the college that maybe, for example, if you're dyslexic, you need a longer time to take tests, especially if you have to do a lot of reading. So how do you approach your professors? How do you advocate for yourself? As a small school, we're able to put a lot of accommodations in naturally without necessarily having a document in place. But we actually like different learners, but we also want to help students figure out their own brain because college, as you know, works very different from high school. Mm -hmm. So high school, we give you, you know, traditional schools give you a lot to do over the course of the semester. And in college, there might be five grades that are recorded and you have to figure out how you're going to study for that course. So we spend a lot of time helping students understand their brain. And even Mm -hmm. for a student that doesn't have um, something that requires a 504 and IEP, brains work differently. And so we want students to understand their strengths, um, learn to work through their struggles and be able to attack college courses, but also be able to feel confident in who they are as a scholar because all scholars do not look alike. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Just something that really stuck out to me, and I hope everyone who's listening really gets that. It's helping you figure out your brain, helping you figure out how you do things, how you like to do things, what you even like to do. Because I know that's just big with me. I mean, as... I really believe just being able to come here, being able to figure out me because of the freedom that was had, but still the responsibility that was given um, really forced me to do things in a creative manner that not everyone did it. Like, you know, just how certain people you had to do for certain things or certain ways. But it's like when you understand you, you understand the best way you can work and it just works out better that way. 
And it kind of helps me understand my passion. It -hmm. helped me understand uh, some of the things I love to do because of that freedom. And that is another topic that a lot of people came to me about. And it was the balance of the state metrics on what you have to do and self-actualization of your actual passions. So we come to school, right? And if you're in school right now, you understand this. You come to school and you go to class and you get out and let's say your parents or back when, who, whatever your age group is, you remember maybe one time your parents asked you how was school and your answer was like, oh, school. <laughs> Just like every single one because it wasn't satiating a passion. It wasn't helping this passion. So I was able to do just a little research on you, Mrs. Newman. I remember you did an <laughs> interview from The Splash. It was just, I want to say, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you actually said stuck out to me. And you said that when someone's coming in, GPA is cool. However, personality is the biggest thing that you're mm-hmm. looking for. And I believe you talked about that a little bit within the, uh, the beginning of this podcast. So I kind of want to bring that out and figuring out the question of the state metrics and and the self-actualization of the passions. When you have personality, you have different passions. How is OEC really making sure to keep those passions alive and working while still balancing those state metrics of things? So because we're a public school, we have to follow all the state laws, you know, that are related to education. And so there's a checklist of courses that we have to be able to demonstrate that you have competency in. And then basically traditional high schools add graduation requirements to that in the form of other high school credits you need to earn. We add our local graduation requirement of college credits. And the college is generally where a lot of that passion plays out. Now, not to say that uh, our high school classes aren't exciting and we work really hard to mm-hmm. make sure that students you know, thrive in those settings, but we try to help students figure out what their passions are. Um, college counselors help. We have a class called Focus that helps dive into all of the other components you need to be successful in your life. And we give you freedom, to use your word, to play in those areas. So you might take some business classes or you might take some theater classes. And I'm a big proponent because of my own background in taking college classes that you know are going to transfer, that you think are in the major that you want, but also taking classes that are going to enhance you, like the theater piece. I use my math degree, but I use my theater degree all of the time. <laughs> because as a principal, you always feel like you're on stage. You know you're always being watched. Everything is improv. And so I can go into settings. I can dress for an occasion. So I appreciate the fact that I was allowed the freedom to take theater classes because that's an area of strength for me and it plays into this role. So for students, I encourage them to take classes in their major as well, but also take classes in a passion area. It might be baking, it might be photography, it might be theater, it might just be, I think I want to go into business, but I'm really interested in this medical piece. Because only through putting all of those pieces in place do you actually figure out who you are going to become as an adult and who you're going to evolve into. And so passion is big. Students don't have necessarily a 4.0 when they come into the school. The lowest GPA I've accepted is maybe a 1.8. There's usually a story that goes with that GPA, and I can usually pinpoint areas that are are concrete that we can work on with that student if they're passionate, to use your word, about becoming an academic. If Mm -hmm. you're like, eh, 
I don't really want to be here. We don't need you at OEC because all of our students want to be here and it's intense. It's exciting, but you have to want the experience. Otherwise, you can't push through when it becomes challenging. Yeah, so interesting. Um, when you said, uh, first of all, understanding the passion and making sure that uh, they can take classes that they're really passionate about. I'm guessing because you're in a college setting, you have more, I don't know, of a, an array of figuring out your passion. Is mm-hmm. are, are, are students able to, you know, really take let's say get an associate's degree in something that they're really passionate about and just take classes, college classes, looking forward to that. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. And so we have some students that graduate with multiple degrees. We have some students that go into like skilled trades area and then they're still going on maybe to a four-year, but they really, really are interested in becoming a paramedic or an EMT before they go to med school or getting a paralegal certification and then thinking, yeah, I think I want to go to law school, but let me work in the field first while I'm in my undergrad and see if it's something I really want to do. Wow, that I mean, honestly, that just sounds amazing, only for the fact of so many, I believe, kids are really going to college, they still don't know what they want to do. Yeah. Like, they still don't even know what classes to take, what even degree to even go for. So to really be able to, I, I'm, I'm just assuming, to really understand and taking those classes will really help them say, yeah, I want to do this a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and I want to make this my bachelor's. Correct. Interesting. That that's super cool. I love it. I love it. So um, <laughs> there is another one, uh, and this is gonna be kind of the last one because I'm pretty sure so many people can ask questions to go on and on. But what I really want to do here is help some people find that solution, find some some type of answer to the question that you know they've been thinking of. Will school ever change? And I believe I'm talking to one right now where it. A school is actually working at us. There are schools that are really working to help you figure out some type of passion, some type of understanding. Look, you're listening to this podcast to become better. So that's what we're trying to help you do. We're trying to help you figure out how do you get better in wherever area or whatever area you are in your life. Um, the third question I really wanted to understand was um, ways that school can help us out in the real world. Mm-hmm. Look, <laughs> the real world isn't filled with school bells. We understand the real world isn't always filled out with uniforms. So what is OEC helping you when you go out of your door and facing reality? How is OEC even helping that? So as you know, early colleges have a 13th grade, which I think is invaluable because students in 13th grade, they graduate with a fancy graduation ceremony. Remember, I have a theater degree, so our ceremony mm-hmm. is very fancy. <laughs> students graduate with their ceremony at the end of 13th grade, but there are components leading up to that graduation year that we feel are very real in the sense that they're actual like life skill pieces that you're going to take away. So there's a class that you take every year, as you remember, called Focus, and we keep working on the curriculum of Focus to make it better and better. And the components of Focus are all those pieces that you need to be a successful adult out in human society. So financial planning, um, public speaking, interview skills, uh, building a resume, the idea of actually writing an email because please don't be offended, but your generation is actually really bad at it. <laughs> and so how to come across in writing in different formats other than like, you know, texting, Instagram, Snapchat, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're working for people that are my age, 
And so the, we communicate through email a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that would just be a small example. But there are components to focus where we kind of catch all those other pieces that we feel very strongly about including you figuring out who you are. So what's your personality type? How does your brain work? You know, what are you excited about? Where can you volunteer in the community, whether you're conservative, liberal, whether you're engaged in your religious organization, whether you're not, what motivates you to be bigger than just you? And so as a school, because we kind of feel like if we make you do that now, then it's going to be a habit. And when you graduate, it's just part of who you are. So it continues. Mm -hmm. Because our actual goal is that the world will be a better place with OEC graduates in it. So that's our way to help impact the world is to help impact young people. But definitely there should be and can be more to school than just the hardcore academics because that doesn't necessarily help you when you get out there. You'll be educated, which is awesome. But we want you to be able to function in society and be able to give back and engage and be a good force in society instead of reverse are you saying mrs newman that we cannot put emojis in our email i think a great happy face <laughs> makes everybody laugh i i i'm you know maybe i'm just a part of that gender i just you know maybe a good lol in there i don't know it depends <laughs> on your audience micah sanders it depends on your audience well um well i completely understand um question Do you deal with anything dealing with money, finances? So you kind of touched on it. So I pay for everything. So I pay for tuition, textbooks, fees. Um, The only time that a student has to pay for anything would be one, as you mentioned, if they didn't earn credit in a course, either by failing a class or dropping a class partway through, even though tuition has already been paid. Um, Or if they take a class that has what's considered a consumable. So if you take an art class and you need the $100 art kit from the college, I generally can't purchase the kit because I can't reuse the components of the kit. Uh, But really, you don't have to take any class that would cost you money. But there could be a slight cost, but nothing that you wouldn't really experience in a public school. So do you are you able to do the kids walk out with? Um, so not only is the school, first of all, like she said, just really taking care of a lot of the finances. My question now is in the real world, are we teaching them about finances? We're in college. So I'm guessing there's finances <laughs> classes. So like and after we leave. Do we know what a checkbook is? Like just anything around that nature. Like what 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 are we so figuring out? So in 13th with that? seminar, there's a financial part of the course. Part of it is because we're satisfying a graduation requirement related to mathematics, but we decided if we're going to do that, then we should make it valuable to the student. And so all the way through, there are simulations that we do. Like you, let's say that you want to go into social work, but you want to live in Beverly Hills in a mansion. Well, then you probably should marry someone very wealthy because social work doesn't necessarily provide that lifestyle. So we try to help you figure out where the mismatches are and what you want to do and what the real world actually looks like in that field. Um, But then when you get to 13th grade, that's like for real, you're leaving us, you're going on. And so we do actually do some financial planning and talk about budget and talk about, you know, how much it's going to cost when you go out into college. And obviously we're helping you along the way because we're giving you free college credits. But what does it look like when you're out there and you want room and board or you're going to live in an apartment or do you need to work a job? Are you filling out your financial aid paperwork? So some of it is immediate finances and then some of it is thinking long term. Interesting. I love that. I love that. Look, everyone, um, 
We talked about a lot here, and I think it's super cool, and it needed to be long for the fact of everyone, education, no matter what, you're never going to stop learning. And I think uh, Mrs. Jennifer Newman could definitely agree <laughs> with that. You're never going to stop learning. You're always in an, you always should be in a, a student mindset. You always want to be learning from life, learning from so many things. But when you're young... And you're in school, sometimes the learning can get a little difficult, can get a little um, tedious. It can get sometimes a little uh, repetitive. But what I do want to let you know is that it's changing. Things are changing. We're in a ever-changing life. And the only thing that will never change is change itself. So you want to make sure that you still have that opportunity to say, hey, there are schools that are really trying to help within personality. There are schools that are trying to help me become better. And let's say you're even in a school right now that um, whether you're below a grade uh, than high school, so you're not in the OEC yet, or let's say you've graduated already and you're listening to this and you're like, man, I wish I would have came here. Either way, <laughs> Take some of these things that um, take some of these things that you've heard and kind of implement that out in your own life. How we can help other people learn, whether it's about finances, whether it's about yeah, jobs are real, but yeah, your passions are real too, and you got to figure out how to intermingle them. You have to be real with yourself, and you also want to make sure that. No, you are different. You aren't like everybody else. So you don't have to worry. You can take that breath of fresh air. It's okay. But there is still a way for you to learn. There is still a way for you to comprehend. Understanding your brain. Understanding some of those things. So Mrs. Newman, thank you so much just for being able to kind of clear all of that out (laughs) and kind of help us almost have faith in school again. (laughs) It was my pleasure. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, Everybody, thanks for listening to the BABME podcast with Mrs. Jennifer Newman um, of Oakland, head of school of Oakland Early College. Want to give you a little plug here. Anything you want to say? Any um, way that people can, let's say, ask you a question or figure out more about the school? Is there a website? Where can people find you or this at? So oaklandearlycollege.org is our website. We are still looking for students for next year. We have a couple spots available going into 10th grade and going into 11th grade if you're interested in applying. You do have to live in a household that would report to an Oakland County school. However, there are early colleges in all of the state of Michigan. So if you have any questions, if you are just curious, please don't hesitate to contact me. If you're an educator and you want to find out more about how to start an early college or if you're a student looking for an early college, please don't hesitate to reach out. And please remember, kindness is free and passion always gets you through. And on that note, keep being a better you.